It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. I'm James Rapine. Great to have you in. We're on Megaphone, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, so iTunes, the iHeartRadio app. Great to have you in on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. If you can't tell, no music today. Broadcasting from my home office, getting set to go to Jacksonville, where I will be watching this Sunday the Bengals take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I mentioned it yesterday, so let's get right to it. I interviewed Dave Lapham on my daily radio show on ESPN 1530 from noon to one. Dave Lapham, obviously Bengals radio analyst. We talked for a good almost 20 minutes. So I wanted to play that interview for you just so you could hear his insight because it's great stuff as always. I'm not going to lie and say it's strictly for this podcast, but I wanted all of my locked on listeners to hear it. So here's my interview that took place Thursday afternoon with Dave Lapham on McCarran, on that potential trade, on Jacksonville this week, and, and so much more. Here's my one-on-one interview with Dave Lapham. What have you heard? I, I'm hearing all of these different things, but the, the trade deadline deal that wasn't, what exactly happened with A.J. McCarron and him almost going to Cleveland? Well, you know, my, my understanding is that uh, it, it – <laughs> The Bengals, the Bengals didn't call Cleveland. Cleveland called the Bengals. Cleveland's the ones that initiated the interest. So, I guess the bottom line is, if you were interested in, in uh, you you initiate the trade talks, yeah. and you don't uh, even pick up a phone to call the league before the deadline, you had turmoil going on within the organization. If I'm if I'm Jim Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, I know that what I have in place right now isn't working because. Obviously, Hugh Jackson wanted the deal to get done, and it sounds appears that Sashi Brown was not a big fan of it, whether it was too rich a deal or whatever the case may be. So there was discord, you know, amongst the the higher ups, the decision makers, and I don't know if Jim Haslam got involved in it or not. And uh, you know, he's he's not in Cleveland; he's in Tennessee, based in Tennessee. He's a billionaire; he could be traveling anywhere in the world. <laughs> Bottom line is, his organization in disarray. Yeah. I mean, if, if they initiate a trade discussion and then miss the deadline, there, there's something rotten in Denmark. There's something wrong there. Dave Lapham joining us. Dave, the, the, the other part of this, uh, I guess, just the, the trade deadline in general, obviously, naturally, we, we look at that offensive line, and that's the one position group where we, I thought maybe the, the Bengals would explore it, just any potential trades that were out there. Do, do you know if they did at all? I'm not sure if there were any discussions about uh, about offensive line. I, I don't think there were any any uh, you know any real serious talks there. I don't think there's anybody that um, you know that that anybody was putting on the market as such. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you've got an offensive lineman that you're willing to get rid of uh, at this stage of the season, there, there's a huge reason why. So I'm not sure that there was anybody you know that uh, that they could have reasonably you know, acquired in the trade that would have helped them. So um, yeah, I, I, I think I, my understanding is 
it was pretty quiet. It was pretty quiet otherwise, gotcha. other than the A.J. McCarron talks. Yeah, which was plenty of noise, uh, as you know, plenty of noise for, I think, both Cleveland and Cincinnati. Dave, uh, I, I look at this Sunday in, in the Jacksonville Jaguars, that defensive line, those cornerbacks, just that defense in general. It's a tough ask, at least in my mind. I, I find it tough, and I, I want to get your opinion on it. Because I watched an offensive line for the Bengals struggle at home against Indianapolis on Sunday. This Sunday, they get a, a much tougher, uh, uh, tougher job against this Jacksonville defense. What, what do you expect to see? How in the world is that offensive line for the Bengals going to stop that defensive line for the Jags? Yeah, they're just going to have to somehow, you know, uh, muster a much better performance than they, than they did against Indianapolis. The, the thing that uh, was bothersome to me, James, is you, know, you, you play you played long enough. You can get beaten physically. It happens. I mean, it happens every game. Uh, no, no player totally dominates his guy every single snap. Um, you know, it's, it, at that level, it just doesn't happen. But the problem that I saw was the, you know, the mental problems, the mental mistakes, the, uh, you know, recognition issues, the communication of the recognition of what they were, you know, what they were trying to get up and down the line of scrimmage. There were obviously, um, you know, some, some, uh, missing links there. And as a result, there were free runners. I mean, everybody's there. It wasn't just a free runner, you know, of a, of a slot corner where everybody's really, you know, they brought one more than you had to block. And, you know, the quarterback, it's quarterback's responsibility at that point in time to get the football out of his hand. It's not going to, it's not like that. You know, there were free runners where it was the end, end guy in the line of scrimmage as a rusher, whether it's a defensive end or a linebacker, you know, that was uh, making his way to the quarterback or even worse, somebody up the middle uh, yeah. that was a free runner. And, you know, every team that I've played on, you block from the inside out. You take care of the quarterback from the inside out. The shortest distance to the quarterback is right up at the gut, and quarterbacks hate, you know, pressure in their face. So they were having issues in that regard. There's no doubt about it. And those have to be rectified. You know, you, they have to do a better job of recognizing and communicating. And the disappointing thing, it happened at home. Yeah. So, you know, you go down to the Jacksonville, we're going to be pretty up in the bit and rowdy. It's going to be a big challenge. There's no question about it. That's the in my mind, that's the biggest challenge of the game, how the offensive line will perform. Yeah, it, it, the, the interesting thing to me, and, and I've seen some people say that the that pre-snap stuff is on Andy and some of it is, is on the, the offensive line. How much of it is on either party? Uh, it's, it's probably a combination of, uh, of both. But I think, you know, Andy sets the, uh, you know, he declares, like most quarterbacks will declare the middle linebacker and, and uh, you know, then they, they set protections from that. But then if Andy audibleizes the offensive line, you know, it has to maybe change your protection based on the audible. And, you know, there can be some communication problems there. And on the road, that's even tougher to do because you can't hear. You know, you can't hear yourself think. So there's a lot of communication that goes on at the offensive line. Um, you know, the center normally, and I know Bodine does set protections. He makes calls to set protections after the quarterback, you know, identifies uh, the, the structure of the defense, where the middle linebacker is. Because so, sometimes it can, can, can be confusing in uh, nickel and dime packages when you don't have three true linebackers out there. You have to designate people, even though they're not wearing linebacker numbers, for the offensive line's protection purpose. You have to designate them as linebacker-type guys that they would have to you know, account for in protections. James Erpine, without Mo today here on Cincy 360, joined by Dave Lapham. Dave, is, is it safe to say that? Because I, I think back to last year, week one, and Andy gets sacked seven times and puts the team on his back against the Jets. It might be my favorite Andy Dalton performance on the road. They get a win against a Jets team that was 10-6 and six the year before. 
But he's been hit a ton since then, and, and it's the, the offensive line obviously this year has been certainly shaky. Might have been one of its worst performances this past Sunday against the Colts. You think those hits, have you noticed a difference in Andy Dalton's play with all those hits and, and just him maybe not being able to trust the offensive line as much as he could in 2015 and earlier in his career? Yeah, I think that's, that's human nature. You know, you just, you're gonna, if, you're gonna, if you get bashed a lot, if you get battered and bruised and knocked around, you know, you're going to, you're going to, um, it's going to affect you. You're going to start seeing and feeling ghosts, you know, in your head, it resets your clock. You know, a quarterback doesn't have eyes in the back of his head or the side of his head. And if, if you have the quarterback not looking down the football field to discern coverage and start looking at the pass rush because he, he's fearful of how he's going to get hit and when he's going to get hit, you're in trouble. And, uh, or the other thing the quarterback will do is he'll be, you know, looking down the football field with coverage, um, being being um, dissected, but then he'll in the back of his head, he's a thousand one, thousand two. Thousand, here they come, and now he'll get out of there. And sometimes for no reason, you know. And uh, there was a play I talked about a couple of times this week that I, that I saw, you know, looking at the tape when Andy ran out of bounds and then threw the ball away after he had run out of bounds. Totally unlike Andy Dalton, and you know, I mean that he was he was fried mentally on that play for whatever reason. On that particular play, AJ Green ran a route. Where he he took it into the front, he was in a wide wide formation, split wide left, takes it toward the middle of the field, and then bends it back to the corner, and he's matched up against a safety. It's it's AJ Green and his safety, and that's it. It doesn't get any better than that from a matchup standpoint. And Andy doesn't pull the trigger; he pulls the ball down. I think it's because he feels like it was time where you know, geez, he couldn't wait any longer. And now he's now he's out of pocket, and he's got Joe Mixon five yards down the field for a check down, and doesn't go there. Runs out of bounds and throws the ball away. So you know, tells me he was fried on that particular play, and and those are the kind of things that can happen when a quarterback starts getting beaten up like like he's uh, gotten beaten up. And you know, when you walk by his locker after the game, you can see marks on him. I mean, he's, he's actually you know he's taking some licks now, and they're leaving uh, they're leaving a mark. So there's no doubt about it. He's um, in years past when he's when he's had great protection and gotten the ball out of his hand. You know, he's, he's clean as a whistle. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't even look like he was, he was in a football game. Well, he, he looks like he's in a game now when you walk by his locker room after, after, by his locker after a game. We're going to get back to my interview with Dave Lapham in just a second here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. But just a quick reminder, if you're betting on games this weekend, you got to use mybookie.ag. It's fast. It's easy. Payouts only take two business days. Best of all, use promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N, and you're gonna get a, going to get up to a hundred percent bonus. So, go to mybookie.ag, check it out. A nice mobile site. It's perfect. I use it. You should try it too. If you're looking to bet on who's gonna win, you know who's gonna win. So try it. Mybookie.ag. Use promo code Locked On and make sure you play, you win, you get paid. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When the offensive line is what it is right now, 
I, I just think the margin for error for, on that offense, it just gets a lot slimmer. And, and so when Dalton, it, it, it just becomes more glaring. Like there are times, you, you mentioned that play. There, I, I remember a play where he rolled out and he just threw it low to green by about four or five yards. Do you, do you right. think that the, the line affects all of that, uh, affects him even now when there are open throws, he might not make them or he might just be a little out of rhythm? You know, I, I guess I guess Andy and, and, and some of the coaches will tell you that uh, the offensive line does have some effect, but throws like that, that's got to be on the quarterback. You know, if he's out of pocket and, and, and uh, you know, all by himself, he's just got to get his mechanics right and, and throw the football properly, you know, snap his hips and shoulders around, square it up and throw the ball. Um, you know, I think, I think at some point, you know, you can't, you can't absolve uh, the quarterback of all issues because of the offensive line and vice versa. I think, in, as is in the case of uh, football, because it's 22 moving parts at all times, everybody suits dirty when it's going well. And everybody suits uh, dry clean perfectly when it's going. I mean, when it's going poorly, everybody's suit is dirty. And when it's going well, everybody's uh, suit is dry clean perfectly. <laughs> He's Dave Lapham. Dave, I, I appreciate the time. If there is a, a key to, to Sunday, and they haven't really been able to run the ball at all this season, but on offense, if they could get that run game going against Jacksonville, that would do a, a ton uh, for Andy Dalton for that entire offense, wouldn't it? You're right. In my mind, James, this, you know, we talk about it all the time, uh, capturing the line of scrimmage, but they got to try to capture the line of scrimmage against this football team because all they want to do is run Fournette. Fournette's had three games of well over 100 yards and three games of well under 100 yards. So he's averaging almost 100 yards a game, but I mean, Baltimore shut him down. You know, teams have shut him down. And that's, you're going to have to do a great job at the line of scrimmage to get that done. If it takes eight in the box, so be it. I think the Bengals can do that, drop an extra guy in the box, one of the safeties, and still cover because their corners have played so well. I think they can match up with Jacksonville's receivers and, uh, and try to stop Fournette. The, thing that, the best thing that could happen is the Bengals go into the fourth quarter with a lead where Blake Bortles has to throw the ball 35, 40 times to try to come back and win it. They have, he has not been put in that situation hardly at all this year. And, you know, they've, they've been playing with a lead, running the football, controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the clock, and, you know, not having to make Blake Bortles win the football game. So let's see if the Bengals can, you know, control the line of scrimmage on, on both, sides of, uh, both sides of the football. And with the offensive line, it's impossible in my mind, James, to control the line of scrimmage if you don't attack it. I hope they just come off the football and attack it. None of this lateral step, drop step, you know, give up, uh, <laughs> give up the line of scrimmage nonsense, attack that sucker. Yeah, I, I, I hope so too. Well, one last one for you, Dave, because I, I look at the, the draft in April and I loved everything about it. I thought they got uh, a ton better talent-wise, and, and we've seen it with Joe Mixon and Carl Lawson and Jordan Willis and Ryan Glasgow. I mean, they, they have a lot of guys that have added to this team and been productive. One player I want to ask you about, because I, I was such a, a fan of, of the pick, is the ninth overall pick, John Ross. What how is he faring right now? What are, are the, the team's thoughts, I guess, on him? Because he only played, I think, five or six snaps last week, even though he was healthy. Yeah, I, th- I think they feel like he's so far behind. Because, you know, get, getting healthy was the first step. But he's in the infancy of training camp again now. You know, I mean, other guys are in midseason in terms of the number of snaps they've taken. Um, he, he wasn't able to take, you know, can't, uh, snaps in OTA. OTAs. He wasn't able to take snaps uh, in, in early stages of training camp. Uh, so I mean, he's he's really he's had sporadic 
uh, time frames where he's been healthy enough to practice and therefore has had no, you know, continuity with respect to ramping up and, and learning the Bengals uh, offense and learning what it takes to play in the NFL. I just think they feel like he's so far behind. And uh, Cody Core is healthy. It's going to be interesting to see if they deactivate John Ross or if they, uh, if they don't because Cody, Cody Core, when healthy, is a gunner mm-hmm. on the punt team. That's a big role, you know, and special team snaps are, are going to be uh, determining who's, you know, who's, who's one of those five receivers that are active and who's not. So because of Cody Core's concussion, and, uh, you know, in, in, in another injury, I mean, Brandon LaFell, he didn't practice yesterday. I don't know what his status is today. He, he, he is out there from what I've seen. Okay. So, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that, you know, if, if, if all hands are on deck, I would, it wouldn't shock me if John Ross is uh, deactivated for the game, uh, potentially. So unless he's really shown um, ramping it up during the course of practice the last couple of weeks. Because the Bengals and Marvin Lewis's philosophy is, like he says all the time, I see better than I hear. Yeah. You know, you've got to show me you're out there making plays and, and running crisp routes and knowing exactly what you're supposed to do and being where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there for your quarterback. Particularly with an offensive line that's struggling, we can't have guys in the wrong spots at the wrong time. You know, now we're turning the ball over. and You know, obviously that's another thing. I mean, you look at this, uh, at this matchup, Jacksonville's plus eight, the Bengals are minus ten. You know, you can't have a bigger disparity in the in the turnover ratio. I mean, the uh, the Jaguars are amongst the league leaders, and the Bengals are amongst the amongst the basement. So, you know, they can't be turning the football over. If they think John Ross isn't ready, or that they feel the the readiness isn't where it needs to be, and they he could lead to turnover potential, they they won't play him. Dave, you've been great with your time. I just have one last thing because I just want to say I, I think I look at this offense, and when he is ready. I think there's certainly room for Ross to have a big impact. I think last year I looked at, at that team. They needed a speedster at wide receiver, someone that could bring a, a dynamic like him opposite A.J. Green. How did you feel about the pick? How do you feel about it now? I mean, I felt like that, that that's exactly what they were trying to do. They wanted to do the same thing with Fuller the year before. You know, he was the, he was the guy that they targeted to take the top off the, the defense on the other side of A.J. Green. When they had Marvin Jones, they were able to get that accomplished. And look at what it did for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, when Marvin Jones left, they, they lost that dynamic. They lost that Detroit guy. LaFell's a, a very talented receiver, but that's not his game. You know, he's not going to take the top off the defense. Tyler Boyd's not going to take the top off the defense. Alex Erickson is not going to take the top off the defense. You know, that, that was the missing, the missing component in the receiver core. So, um, and Fuller, you know, has had his moments when he's done that. He's been big down yeah. there for, for hockey, you yes. know, so. Yeah. So I, I think I think that you know I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with the pick. I mean it was it was a guy that they had rated as a top ten talent because of his not only his speed but his ability to he's not a one trick pony. He can run great routes. I mean the guy is a talented receiver. It's just he's got to you know got to be able to stay on the football field or get on the football field. Never mind stay. Get on the football field to get his NFL career started, kick started. But I do think you know that that he can provide a dynamic that they so, uh, sorely need. And at some point during the course of the season, you got to hope that he's going to do it. Lap, I, I appreciate the time as always. I know I went long with you, but uh, hopefully we're, we, we talk next week and we're talking about a 4-4 four and four Bengals team. I hear that, James. That dog would hunt right there now. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks, Dave. See you, sir. That's Dave Lapham. Great insight there, man. I mean, look, we covered everything from John Ross to the offensive line to Andy Dalton to A.J. McCarron. 
And that's why I felt like, hopefully you enjoyed it because that's why I felt like I, I, I needed to let you listen to that, give that here. Obviously, it's on my blog and stuff like that for the station, but I know my locked-on audience is certainly different than what I have in Cincinnati. So I offered it earlier. Come meet me for a beer in Jacksonville. Any any Bengals fans going to the game on Sunday, let's meet up for a beer. I know I got a tweet earlier. You can tweet me at James Erpine, at LockedOnBengals. And as always, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, and also now we are on Megaphone. So it's great to have you. Hopefully I'm wrong. I think it's going to be a 27-10 game this Sunday. I do. I think Jacksonville is going to dominate up front. I hope to God I'm wrong. I just don't see how the team I watched against Indianapolis last Sunday at Paul Brown Stadium doesn't get its ass kicked up front against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So hopefully I'm wrong. If so, 4-4. Four and four, it would mean hope. It would mean a chance at the playoffs. It would mean a lot for this team. I just don't see it. But it's not like I haven't been wrong before. I appreciate you guys for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll be sporadically on Twitter if you want to ask me Bengals stuff, tailgating before the game on Sunday. But uh, until then, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Locked on Bengals podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.